Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Highway 555. My name is Raquel and last week I featured a special guest, Candace Williams, and she is honoring us with her presence again this week. So Candy, hi again. Hey there. (laughs) Thanks for being a part of the show again. I honestly, I was thinking about what my weekly viewpoint would be for this episode and it's pretty much like all the feedback that I got from last week's episode because people have loved it oh, and yeah it has been so much fun just getting all these messages from people saying like oh my gosh like it was so like easy to understand what you guys were talking about and I learned so much and oh I pulled up my you know birth chart and now I'm like you know yes. stunned at everything I've learned about myself and I was like yay that's exactly like what I wanted to hear you know so absolutely yeah what about you do you have a weekly viewpoint you'd like to share I think this week I'm just really embracing my feminine and just not forcing. Like I just did a reading this morning and just talked about like the feminine way is not to like force and go out and do and all these, but to like do the inner work and attract things to you. Oh, I love that. that. Yeah. And we're not really promoted to be still or, you know, there's scarce of being lazy or all these things. And it's like the feminine power is not lazy. So that inner work pays off (laughs) absolutely I that's so funny you should say about the like the soft life or whatever because I posted I did an Instagram post last night I don't know if you saw it and a TikTok video actually about like the slow and soft life of just being a woman and I I totally resonate with what you just said because that was definitely something else I focused on this week so that's awesome yes I love that for us So explain that to our listeners, because so when I look at my chart, right, I have Mm -hmm. Gemini in my second house. And then I do know that the planets obviously relate to each house as well. But break it down to us like super simple for our listeners. Um, I am really interested in how the house kind of integrates. But how I look at the how the numerology of it, it pertains to the original zodiac chart so like the one through 12 you know the zodiac is one through 12 Mm -hmm. so that is like the natural feeling of it like for instance we just talked about the second house which is like money income all these things Mm -hmm. taurus is naturally that's their natural realm so as we take that and we're like okay cool that's what second house means if we put gemini at the second house so what is gemini communication um interpersonal connection also gemini's are really really known to be like doing a lot of the light and dark work so i could see you like even just being very even what we're doing right now on a podcast like that is so second house and gemini like i feel like this is perfect for something that you could potentially make your income like you know like this is you freedom expression all of these things okay and then what about the planets because I do know when you look at a chart right you have Mm -hmm. the planets typically well okay for the way that I look at my chart when I pull it up through just astrologythings.com it pulls up with the planets on the left hand side and then what signs they're in and then I have the houses with the signs on the right side but um the planets I do know are like my planets are in certain houses so how do we dissect that how do we explain that 
that is going to be the expression to which the planet shows itself, like the direct expression. And so now that I'm like talking and I'm allowing myself to think as I talk, Mm -hmm. this has so much to do with your birth time and the exact, like the houses are almost like what house is the planet in? That's going to be how it's expressing itself through you. I did want to revert back to my example from last week's episode where I was talking about that metaphor of like planets being characters Mm. and then the signs being the actors that play the characters and then the house is the scene that the characters or the actors playing the characters are in the scene so that really helped me when I first heard that I was like okay that makes sense and like not every scene is gonna have you know a character in it like you know what I mean like I was like okay that kind of makes sense for me so I hope that helps um, our listeners because I know this can get really confusing if we you know get really deep into it so anyway back to the houses so you said house two is about how you make money and um, also associated with like values right and like income self-worth etc okay so what is the third house um three is all about like communicate like three is um Gemini Mm -hmm. and so that's like thinking communication um the early education that was one of them that I was like oh shit like that's that's really interesting um it kind of already indicates what type of education education you might have early on um Mm -hmm. but social activity um maybe even like your neighbor themes themes with your neighbors and just kind of like your interests okay so I had somebody pull up my chart when I first started diving into all this I had somebody else like read my chart for me and Mm. they said that a lot of my signs a lot of the yeah a lot of the signs in my chart are at home in the house so yes okay so for example my uh, Gemini is in house three yes so that means it's at home I would think so yes because that is the the natural vibe for it Okay, and that's the well, it's the third zodiac, correct? Yes. So Gemini's the third zodiac. Okay. So then it's at home. And then so is okay, for my chart, I'm just going off of this. My Cancer is in house four, my Leo is in house five, my Virgo yes. is in house six. We can use mine as an example, I guess, because it they're at home. Can you explain that to our listeners? Like what it means for a house to or for a sign to be at home? this um reference just came to mind but almost like so like you have your own ways of going about or whatever and when you're at your house you're free to flow you know what I mean like it's you know everything is you know how to move you've already understood the social aspects of the house and the hierarchy in the house but if you were to take everything you know and everything you are and go live at somebody else's house what would that be like mm-hmm so it's kind of like that. It's that's what these houses represent is kind of like bringing these different energies into this house and how that might express because you know, you might be so like fun loving and just caring at home and it works at your home because everybody's understanding of that vibe, but you bring that to a house that is a little bit more selfish and that will have repercussions on your energy. Let's just take Gemini as an example. They tend to be very versatile people, right? They are represented by the twins. Um, I feel that the Geminis I know tend to be 
really friendly. They're really good in like social settings. They can kind of be the, um, they can kind of be the star of the show <laughs> in a way. Totally. Um, so with my Gemini being in the third house, which is the house about communication, talking, you know, my, also I've heard that uh, third house is like online persona too. They kind of added that in. in oh, the last, I like that. Yeah. In the last decade or so. Um, and then like how I get along with like neighbors and community and whatnot. And my Gemini being at home in the third house, mm-hmm. would you say that that's like, I impersonate Gemini characteristics in my communication and my online persona and all that? I definitely think so. This will play into your Mercury sign, of course. But um, yeah, the house in itself, I just feel like it's almost like your Gemini placement is able to freely express. So all of that community, all of that, it it plays, it's like it's perfectly welcomed almost. Okay. And then let's talk about house four. Ooh, cancer, the home. See, and mine, mine is at home. My cancer is in the fourth house. Yes, and and that's that's really indicative of like you know you have the cancer energy in the home. So um, that's why it was funny when you were telling me about your moon. I was like already kind of picking up the cancer, and that's probably why you kind of get along with water signs as well, mm. um, because they do make you feel homey. But yeah, home uh, children that mother archetype, that moonal instinct that we have. So the mm-hmm. intuition, uh, a lot of feminine energy is represented by the fourth house. Mm-hmm. So that internal self-care that we have to do to be able to give to others as we give to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love that. I, I I haven't really worked a lot with my fourth house. I think that's something I should look into more. <laughs> Let me think. Okay, wait. I have Cancer Rising, Leo second house, Virgo third house, Libra fourth house. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, that makes sense. That makes so much sense. I'm very aesthetically in the house. Like things do, they don't necessarily have to be clean or anything like that, but I like for things to look good in my mm-hmm. home. And then the fifth house, um, I've heard the fifth house is about self-expression. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Totally. What else can you tell us about the fifth house? Yeah. So the fifth house original ruler is Leo. Um, so that's like fun, joy, playfulness, but it's also kind of the transformation that you get um, from the childlike spirit to the adult. So the fifth house is how you express your inner child, how you express this drama sometimes that you have, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Last week when I had been talking about my personality in like a work environment or like a social setting that I really have to tap into like a different side of me and I I I think that my Taurus rising does help me in a lot of social settings at least personally like the Tauruses that I know have tended to be pretty outgoing and friendly you said that the Tauruses you know aren't so much but the ones that I do have been that way but then you were mentioning how you were saying I feel like that might be like more of a Mars thing for you and my Mars is in Leo and Leo is at home in the fifth house in my chart it's not that Tauruses aren't fun and outgoing but they have this reserved quality Mm -hmm. so that's the interesting point of like 
when we think of like someone who's um, uh, open and expressive, you think of Aries, you think of Gemini, you think of Sagittarius, because they're so like, you know, I don't really care what you have going on. I'm just going to be. Taurus is noting like, oh, that energy is not so. So it already might inflict like how they show up because they're like, "Mm, I don't really know about that energy over there. But I even love the different expressions of Taurus because as we learn about these signs, they evolve. So I could see a Taurus master in communication because that is their power center, the throat. And in the unevolved, the throat is underdeveloped, so they can't speak as much. Right. So I could see you tapping into this evolved Taurus who knows how to operate social dynamics and make other people comfortable. That really resonates with me. I feel, I've literally been thinking about this since we recorded last week, because I'm like, what part of me do I tap into in social settings? Because people, I've, I've had people tell me, they've like straight up been like, you are more of like a reserved person when we're hanging out just one-on-one but I've seen you in social settings or like at work and you tend to give off this different energy and I was like yeah I just have to tap into a different part of me and I've always thought I tapped into my Taurus rising because the rising sign is your social personality that makes sense girl that makes a lot of sense what you said makes sense (laughs) I was like well just wait (laughs) you telling like the difference between the one-on-one versus the I could see that with Taurus because the energy is a little different one-on-one you know you're so much that you're like okay we're we're vibing we're figuring things out we're talking Mm -hmm. but in a social setting it's like you almost get to be like this nurturer and like not feed on the energy but you know we all use energy to our advantage and so you use the social energy to just like invigorate you Mm -hmm. see that I could totally see that so back to my Leo Mars and that being at home in the fifth house I feel like that obviously I feel like that is something I do tap into for sure when it comes to social settings (laughs) yeah because they're really like I always think of like the little lion like you know like just fun not really worried about like they're not danger thinking. They're not mm-hmm. like thinking threats. They're literally thinking like, these are all my friends. Let's have fun. Exactly. That's exactly the type of vibe I get from Leo's. Yeah. Okay. And then the sixth house. Tell us about that one. Mm, number six, mastering the physical realm. Um, so I, I blend a lot of numerology in the houses because it, it aligns so well. It's crazy. Oh, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the sixth house is... Um, <laughs> It's natural home is in Virgo. So of course it's organization that like service that you can provide to others. Um, The systems that you use on a daily basis, um, your analytical nature and then health and fitness, which if you know Virgos, that's like their world. Like they love the earthly like manifestation of discipline uh, spirituality, all these things, they take it and they ground it. So I could totally see how that's like the ser- sense of service. Like, oh my gosh, I totally see that too in Virgos. Yeah. And okay, and my I I have Virgo in the sixth house too. <laughs> that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. And then seventh house. So seven is relationships. I always think of seven. You know, Libra. Libra is all about. If they can, they will preserve the bridge. When a Libra cares about a person or they're invested in a connection, they will do things that people deem as, you know, whatever the judgment is to 
to keep that bridge in in in, in contact. Mm-hmm. But on the negative side, if they decide that they this connection is no, they will burn that bridge down. Uh, relationships, interpersonal style, business partners, equality, contracts, marriage, and sharing. So it's like how you present in like where you're giving and taking. And then the eighth house. I've heard a lot about this house. Tell us, tell us oh, about gosh. this one. <laughs> I have so many eighth house placements and I totally see how it shows up. Like my son is in Pisces, but it's in the eighth house. So I'm taking this Pisces dreamlike nature and I'm putting it in the eighth house of the occult, of magic, of sexuality. How is that for you? It's, I think it's just something (laughs) great to be aware of because I used to wonder like, why are people like so sexually like invigorated by me? Like I don't, like sometimes like it's the type of situation where I used to know as a little kid that I could wear a nun's outfit and I would still be sexualized. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like with the territory. Um, And so when you see eighth house placements, they're a lot more guarded as far as who gets that energy, who, who gets to experience that because so many people can just be like getting off on it and not like respecting or kind of giving their offering. But yeah, the eighth house is all about merging. Um, your partner's resources. A lot of things when I was reading up on the eighth house was interesting because it talked about inheritance. Oh, and okay. Yeah. And I had this lady do a reading. Um, it was a TikTok reading. So, you know, it's all about if it resonates, but it did. And she talked about how inheritance is not always like other people's values. Sometimes it's spiritual inheritance. Mm. And I really resonated with that because Yes, my mom is very spiritual as far as like with Christianity and things, but some of the spiritual insights I have, it feels generational. It feels like it was like passed down to me when I passed this rite of passage. Wow. Wow, that's intense. It Eighth house energy is intense, girl. That's Scorpio. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell me about mine then, because mine, I have um, Jupiter in Sagittarius in the eighth house. Ooh, so you might okay as I'm like taking these different in my head there's like different widgets going to like mm-hmm. do a setting right mm-hmm. and so we're taking that Sagittarius which is all about um philosophy mm-hmm. teachings higher knowledge and then we put it in the eighth house which is all about we say sex but it's also like um these tantric energy um but also Mm, Jupiter so maybe growth and expansion in the spirituality realm Mm. so like you're gonna like apply a lot of philosophy into spirituality yes that does yeah okay that that resonates (laughs) and that's why I even think we're even doing this podcast right because you're trying to break down something that has been gatekept in these fancy words and titles Mm -hmm. and you're trying to make it a little bit more practical and that's totally that Sagittarius going in and being like I love all of this I love all of the you know kind of in the water type of stuff let's bring it to land okay let like let's dissect this and like make it make it easier to understand I guess (laughs) totally totally does the eighth house also um talk about like death or is that a different house it does um Scorpio these archetypes right that we hear (laughs) 
when we associate um, deities or archetypes with a mm-hmm. sign, it would be Anubis. It would be the underworld. Mm-hmm. It would be, so it is with death, but not always like, okay, so I'm going to break this down in different parts, but so Scorpios and eighth house placements have a natural affinity to seeing the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might get premonitions about loved ones passing or sickness or, and so that's all in the realm of death. But on the flip end, death is also um, an ego thing. So as your ego dies and you're reborn, that is the phoenix, which Mm -hmm. is another power animal for Scorpio other than Mm -hmm. the scorpion. Right. Okay. I was just wondering because like I, I talked about this in another episode about how I've always been really like intrigued by death and not in like a you know creepy or like horror type of way but I've always just been fascinated by it and especially being when I was really little and being raised in a Christian home I never understood the whole like oh yeah when we die we're just gonna like burn in hell or we're gonna be floating in the clouds like I never got that and it didn't make sense to me so my Sagittarius in the eighth house was always like no this needs to make sense I need to figure this out and that's where when you're talking about like looking into the depths and like sorting through energies and getting to know you know the self on like a deeper level I was like that's totally me and I'm also like trying to retain all this information so I'm trying to just make it more simple for for me to like understand so that 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 really does resonate with me so a part of that as well is um so when you go to quote-unquote hell or the underworld Anubis is one of the gatekeepers who weighs your heart and sees like are you you know it's the scales it's Mm -hmm. trying to see like what how heavy are you how much karma have you accumulated Mm -hmm. and so when they talk about burning in hell it's because people's heart is so heavy and so we can kind of see this with the sun and everything that it's doing right now and how some people will go outside and it physically affects them and other people it's like it charges them up Mm -hmm. so it is this understanding of this darker energy and because that is one of your your eighth house is in scorpio you already have a natural affinity that it is not this fear-mongering thing that people have made it it's a self-choice of reflecting on your actions and a lot of people don't like to do that that definitely makes sense to me so moving on to the ninth house tell us about that one philosophy um travel religion cross-cultural relations learning ethics wisdom philosophy that's the ninth house that's sagittarius's bag okay and my my sagittarius is in the ninth house so absolutely so it's all like and and it's just so funny because you so naturally like like i see this in you i see that you're at home with that because you're the friend I know who will be like, yeah, I'm going to Argentina. And then like, I'll see you on Instagram in Argentina. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're like, yes, she said it and she did it. <laughs> Period. Um, and then the 10th house. So the 10th house on, on my chart, it says MC on it instead of like house 10. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means? Uh, I think it's medium coli or something. Okay. Um, but Do yeah, you know you're... what the significance is for that? I have no idea. Okay. No idea. But the MC and the IC are opposites. They're like halfway points, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but 
the 10,000 is interesting because um, it kind of went viral on TikTok as being the way that you make money, right? Oh. But it has more to do with your career or what you decide to put your work ethic towards long-term. Interesting. Okay. Yes. So long-term goals, structure, um, the father, men, masculinity, public image, reputation, that's what this house rules. And so a lot of people don't know it. They put the 10th house to money where you probably won't see your 10th house benefit until you're older or until you pass hmm. because it's a lifelong theme. Uh, hence to why you said, you know, these outer um, numbers, seven through 12 are a little bit more expansive and outer. Okay. Gotcha. And then house... 11 who i believe that's uh, aquarius um so that's all about you know the humanitarianism technology the future groups friendships social awareness um hopes and wishes that's like aquarius's realm okay my my aquarius is in the 11th house absolutely and it's like when you're able to exert that you see the positive sides of Aquarius because, you know, you'll see the negative sides where it's actually the opposite of all these. And I feel like Aquariuses are really like that. So They are. Oftentimes, like, the Aquarius I know, because, you know, I spent half my life, like, thinking I was an Aquarius. And when I was in that energy, I was very future-oriented. I wasn't mm-hmm. very present-oriented. Like, I often had to check myself, like, okay, are we creating obstacles or are you you know, because so many times we're so in the future mm-hmm. that we're thinking of all the problems and all the things that could occur. And it's like, to me, that's very Aquarius. And that's why sometimes they seem like aloof, but mm-hmm. it's because they're so far in the future. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> all right. And then that leads us to the final house, the 12th yes. house. Absolutely. The subconscious um solitude closure spirituality the afterlife karma what's hidden um your limiting beliefs and it also has to do with healing and endings what sign is correlated with this house pisces okay well my my pisces is in the 12th house so yes so what what um what would you say is your favorite house or one that you've like spent a lot of time studying seven seven yeah seven well one of course you know one is ourselves so it's one of the ones but if we exclude one because we're naturally offended to learn about ourselves seven is something I'm very drawn to and even when you start to learn about numerology you'll be drawn to certain numbers and so seven uh funny enough my we and we want to get into north nodes my north mm-hmm. node is in libra so um, the seven really is a life theme for me and trying to cultivate this ability to be a little bit more group oriented and group goal oriented rather than more of the South Node and Aries, which is a little bit more selfish, a little bit more being independent and doing things all on my own. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a perfect segue into the South and North Node. So let's dive into that because I know a lot of people have been asking me about south and north nodes and I even had 
a listener DM me last week and be like, so I pulled up my chart and there's this thing called North Node on it. What is it? And I was like, just wait. <laughs> so let's get into that. From my understanding, um, the nodes have to do with the moon. So they are um, specific aspects that the moon goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your North Node is like your Dharma. It's what theme you're going through towards in this life what you want to be a little bit like if you had a compass you would be going towards your north node and then the south node is where you came from so it is already what you've mastered as well as what you've experienced energy wise in the past life so for example I'm a warrior in my dreams I am very big on like self-defense confrontation like in my dream world I am about that life like (laughs) I kill demons in my sleep so that is my south node so in this waking life I am not meant to be such a warrior Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm meant to be more diplomatic more using my words with tact and skill rather than being on war mode which looks like I'm gonna say anything to antagonize this person and start a fight (laughs) (laughs) So how do you find your north and south nodes on your chart? Like when I look at mine, I see my north node and then, but I don't have like a specific south node. Is it the opposite of my, okay. So it's, it's the exact opposite of my north node. Absolutely. You said that north node symbolizes where you're going in this lifetime. Yes. Okay. Where where you want to go, where is, um, So depending on your belief system or anything like that, I kind of do believe that we came in here with certain contracts. And so Mm -hmm. we're meant to amount up to these energies and things. And so if you were to switch them, right, and you're like, oh, my North Node is my South Node, that's almost going in the the opposite direction of self-growth and um, expansion. Right, right, right. So I talked about dharma and karma in my episode on reincarnation and i think this ties into it a lot because what you were saying about the north node being what basically like your soul contract for this lifetime right and i talk about soul contracts and i talk about how i believe that we when we reincarnate we get to choose our life we choose you know, our experiences, we choose what lessons we, uh, you know, need to learn and et cetera, et cetera. So personally, my North node is Scorpio. And Mm. I've talked to you about this before, because I, well, okay, back up, back up, actually, I made a TikTok probably about a year ago, um, encouraging people that if they, you know, either like someone or they're in a relationship with someone, find that person's sign on their chart on their on their own chart and see where that sign falls in and so I'm dating a Scorpio we've been together for over three years and he's a Scorpio and my Scorpio the only Scorpio I have in my chart is my north node in my seventh house (laughs) that's actually really funny Right. So expand on that for our listeners, because I know what it means to me. And, and going back to what I was saying about Dharma and Karma, like if I chose this lifetime, which I believe I did, and I chose, you know, my experiences, I chose my relationships, etc. Me choosing Angel as my partner, and him being a Scorpio, 
and that sign is in my north node like to me that all makes sense but <laughs> break it no, down it for our listeners like what I mean you've talked to me about this as well so like tell me like your thoughts so with his son as Scorpio being your north node which is Scorpio his son is literally representative of the direction you're going in life so he embodies all the things that you are wanting to learn more about and step more into. So wow, he is the I just perfect... got chills. Yes, he's like the perfect teacher. And it's so funny you said that because my boyfriend is a Libra and my North Node is in Libra. So Stop! it's very, <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> wow. And then your Libra, what's your, you said your Libra is in, in house seven as well? Um, My Libra, which I believe my Mars is in Libra in the third house. Okay. Oh, interesting. So that's the one about communication, right? Yes. Interesting. Okay. And remember I said it's part of my dharma to be very diplomatic and have these conversations without going to war. Like because mm-hmm. there are misunderstandings that could be talked through rather than battled out. Absolutely. I totally see that in you too. That makes so much <laughs> sense. <laughs> okay. So wow, okay, that yeah, that was mind blowing to me when I really started digging into that. And then when I looked up Angel's chart, um, he has Aries in Jupiter in the ninth house. So wow. going going back to the houses, what was the ninth one about? The ninth one is travel, um, cross cultural relations, learning, ethics, higher education, law and religion, wisdom and philosophy. Okay, I feel like I've helped bring that out in him so and that that really does make sense when you look at his Aries being in Jupiter in the ninth house so what about what about you what um like what or have you looked for your sign in your boyfriend's chart um so Pisces I don't know I I look at the different aspects but I don't know if I looked for Pisces in his chart okay you'll have to do that and like let me know because now I'm just like I'm so curious about it now and that's something that I talk to when I do like couple readings and stuff I always pull up both people's charts and then like look at where their sign is in each other's chart give me a second I'm gonna actually pull it up right now because I'm like (laughs) I'm on a rabbit hunt um but in the meantime, um, so, you know, the ex that, so just for the listeners, um, I was in a relationship where I was with someone who my South Node is in Aries and his moon was in Aries. This is like a recipe for disaster. Um, it's basically saying the karma, we're like finishing off karma from a past lifetime. And the dream I had, I had a dream before I met him and it was me in this spaceship. I'm still looking for the chart. It was me in the spaceship and it was this guy and he was sitting behind me and I could feel something like cutting the back of my back and I would look and he would smile at me and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, he's smiling like I, that's, that can't be harmful. Right. And I, he keeps doing it and I look down and there are like cuts in my back and then we go to war. And that's something that I wrote down in my dream journal before I met him. We got into an altercation where I started to really question the relationship. The spirits knocked my dream journal off of my desk and flipped to that page. I remember it's... telling me about this, actually. Yes. Yeah. It's wait, insane. So his, wait, so his, you said his moon was Aries and Aries is what in your journal? My south node. Your south node. Okay. Yes. 
Wow. So that's usually a pretty, um, it, people can make it work. Let me not make it seem like, oh, it's just going to all hell but break it, loose. It, yeah, but it can, it can be hard. <laughs> it can be hard. Um, well, especially when it's coming from an unhealed individual who hasn't dealt with past oh, life shit. So true. Right? So, so, so true. okay, so tell me about, so Angel is Scorpio's sun and moon. And then the Scorpio, it, my Scorpio is in my North Node. So both his sun and his moon are Scorpio and my North Node. Like, is that good? <laughs> I mean, like. Yeah. Hell when yeah. We're when we're talking about moons, I'm like, okay, so that's, you know, that's the, the Dharma north, for this lifetime. Yes. The North Node is a positive aspect. You want to, you want to watch the South Node in those big three or in those big five. Really, because you know? that represents more of past life, et cetera. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. I hope, our, I hope, I hope that makes sense for the listeners too. So I just pulled up um, my boyfriend's houses and Pisces in, is his, in his third house. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it does help. Like I help him with like thinking, communication, um, but just also coherent thoughts. Like sometimes I can go in and pull thoughts from him that he's already thought these are already in his mind. Right. But maybe there just wasn't a lot of attention brought to it. Mm-hmm. So while we're on the topic of houses and planets and whatnot, I know that the degrees on a chart play into the signs, right? Because like you had talked about you thinking that you were an Aquarius, but when you pulled up your chart with your birth time, it said that you were Pisces in in zero degrees. So is zero degrees, does that mean like it was like, what does that mean? Like, was, was it like straight on in Pisces, like in the middle of the constellation or what? Yeah. So I'm literally like the beginning of Pisces. Um, and I had this woman and I had told her I'm a cusp and she was like, I understand that that's how you um, understand yourself. But mm-hmm. in the reality of astrology, you only have one sun sign. I agree. And when she told me that, I really started thinking about it. And I am zero degrees Pisces. Like what they say, too, is the first zero to 10 degrees is sometimes like the truest version of that sign. Oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. Because there's deacons to the signs. Mm-hmm. So that gets interesting too, as far as like, okay, that's why you meet an Aquarius and it's in like maybe January 26th. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a totally different Aquarius than February uh, 10th, you know? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so let's talk about the cusp thing for a second. Cause I, I have a lot of listeners who ask questions about that because they'd be like oh I'm born like right on the day that you know it turns from you know yes whatever to whatever so are you saying that they would have to pull up their chart Mm -hmm. with their birth time right in order to see like what degree that is in that would help Um, okay but also just knowing like for me for example why I consider myself a cusp I'm February 18th when you look at the signs and they show you when the signs change, right? That's the day. So the 18th to like the 23rd are all cusps, meaning that the planet was changing. The rulers were changing. So I still have a little bit of that Aquarian influence in my Piscean nature. And so that's what it'll be like for other cusps as well. And they even have um, like labels for the cusps to better understand so the Pisces Aquarius or the Aquarius Pisces cusp is the cusp of sensitivity. 
oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they each have their own little label. So a um, Libra Scorpio cusp will have its own label to really identify that blended energy. Stop, I didn't know this. Okay, wow, now I want to like look up look up all of them (laughs) yes because when someone tells you their sign and like I don't really I don't really acknowledge that like if when I was younger someone told me I'm a Pisces I didn't act like a Pisces I didn't know but I wasn't I also wasn't living in my true self so these are just little things that are like oh you're a cuss so that makes sense you might um still vibrate a little bit more with that past ruler okay so the only planet and sign that I have at zero degrees in my chart is Uranus and it's in Aquarius, 10th house, zero degrees. Yeah. So that like, that was like, ju- like when you were born, it just got there. It was just, so you're going to be the true expression of Uranus in Aquarius. Okay. Okay. Do you have any other, um, planets or signs that are at zero degrees in your chart or is it, can it only just be like, can it only be one or Oh no, every, every planet or every placement will have a degree. Um, let me pull up mine. My birth. I have it saved luckily. Yeah. I'm looking at, I just noticed this on my chart actually. So you know how I was saying North node in Scorpio seventh house, it's at 1.5 degrees. And then my South node, which is Taurus is at 1.5 degrees in Taurus so that's like that's you were saying that the smaller the number is the more you embody that sign in that placement right yeah okay because um when you get into the deacons you'll realize that each sign kind of has other elements that can make up that sign kind of like when we were talking about like Scorpio is the fire sign of the water signs so I do have um I don't have another's oh I do my north node is in Libra zero degrees Oh, shit. Yeah, my Chiron is in Scorpio, two degrees. Um, Uranus in Aquarius, six degrees. Saturn in Aries, five degrees. So I have a lot of these lower degrees. And then I think one of my higher degrees is Neptune in Capricorn, the 28th degree. Okay. And so I can see how that's moving into um, Neptune in Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think the last couple spots on a chart that we haven't covered are Chiron and Lilith so let's just wrap up the episode with talking about those what what can you tell us about those um so Chiron is an asteroid between Saturn and Uranus right um so Chiron represents the wounded healer um so it talks about your wounds that are like you might not even, it might not even be in this lifetime type shit, but it just, it, someone does these type of things and it cuts you. So for example, my Chiron is in Scorpio. So a quick little, these people repeatedly get into situations where someone is manipulating them and trying to impose their ideas on how they should live and what they should do. Mm. And that is my wound. If that, if someone attempts to impose on my autonomy, that will trigger my fight more than anything else because that is my wound okay and then okay wait I'm trying to remember what my Chiron is oh it's Virgo Virgo Mm. in the sixth house I need to look into that more I haven't really studied so maybe people 
like being a little bit too meticulous on you or kind of like nitpicking you. Um, <laughs> you know, wait, I think wait, I'm like, like uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that, what, that like pisses me off or like, or that's yeah. like a wound or okay. that would be because what I'm looking at is the Chiron with the um, characteristics that we just explained, uh-huh. but Scorpio. And what I just kind of read was like, the negative of what a Scorpio can do to someone so I wonder if it's the negative of what a Virgo can do to someone which is be too critical be too you know not really showing praise but always showing the negatives um and so that's kind of your wound as far as what people do to you okay shut up because that's so (laughs) accurate it's crazy well and not even to mention that I used to date a Virgo and that was something that I absolutely fucking hated was he was I mean and and granted Virgos are very like analytical and I do love that for Virgos you love it when you love it yeah yeah exactly (laughs) I'm like look that's not what I need right now you know or whatever and he um he had this one trait that really pissed me off because like typically you know when like your boyfriend will be like okay like have fun be safe like I'll talk to you later he would always be like okay have fun be smart and I like, was like, okay, like <laughs> don't piss me off. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, what? Like, to me, that always just meant that he was like nitpicking like my actions. Mm. And like, you know what I mean? So that that was a, and that was a big wound, honestly, like after we broke up and stuff like that was something I really had to like, work on not like snapping at people whenever they would say something like that. And be like, okay, sense. wait, are they coming at me, you know, aggressively from like, again, that analytical viewpoint? Or are they, you know, actually caring but anyway I digress (laughs) so okay and then let's talk about Lilith then that that would be the last one right Lilith the dark mother um astrology version of Lilith is a fictional point the second empty focal point of elliptical orbit of the moon around earth Um, And so in mythology, Lilith refused to submit to Adam, rebelled against the connection between Adam and Eve, and decided to escape from the world of people and made a connection with Satan, quote unquote Satan, right? The Mm -hmm. more beastly man. Mm -hmm. But so your Lilith is your darker energy, which is not necessarily bad. It's just your, your instinct when someone's trying you, when someone's crossing your boundaries, when someone is like, you know, being like in reality, Adam wanted to rape Lilith. And mm-hmm. so that is where this demon version of her emerges because who better? You don't send an angel to fight a demon. You have demons fight demons. Mm. And so this darker energy came about when man started abusing power. Wow. Yeah, so it's really, really deep. And so my Lilith is in Leo. So um, just a little blurb. These people are very proud or even stuck up. Lilith in this sign may indicate the struggle I against the rest of the world. Kind of like that Leo, like I'm the center of attention, but the wound would be I'm like, it's it's me against the world. Like I don't have nobody. Um, These people are self-centered and selfish. They do not acknowledge other people. So like I said, Lilith is all about your darker nature. So when you're in your unconscious, I'm not really one of the collective, I'm taking on life by myself. That is you like kind of tapping into Lilith and using the darker energy to assimilate on this world. And I think so much in spirituality and just different teachings I've come across 
the more beastly nature of us is shunned when we are animals at the end of the day. Hmm. So my Lilith is in Gemini. What does that what does that say about me? What naturally came up is um in your in your darker nature, um, you might be more of like like someone might tell you something and it might be looked at to be kept a secret or whatever, but when you're not when they're not on your team, when you're not looking at them as like, you know, you you're pro me, it's like I, I don't hold loyalty to you. So it looks mm-hmm. like you're like gossipy or whatever, but it's really like, no, 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 no. You don't just get loyalty from me and healing from me without certain things. So I wonder if the Gemini natures of communication and um, battling between that light and dark, because, mm-hmm. you know, Gemini is one of the ones, one of the signs that represents duality. Right. Um, so I wonder if, you know, that Lilith really brings out the darker energy of, Gemini which can look a little conniving a little bit um instigating a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I just I literally just like googled it as well and it came oh, up with um black moon and Lilith in Gemini is an avid learner but at the same time really likes to observe you may be really mm-hmm. good at interpreting other people's actions and reactions and right. I feel like that I feel like that really does tie into me because <laughs> I I, mm. I tend to do that I can I can tend to be a little judgy when it comes to people's actions and reactions but I have learned over time to like pull back on that judgment and rather interpret like where they're coming from and why they reacted that way so Ooh, and that's you battling that instigator so you don't you don't even take on the instigator you're just the observer in seeing how different things could be like how you said you're kind of like observing their light in their dark and it's so funny because that's how I experience Gemini sometimes they do remind me of Aries as far as like they might say something that they don't even really align with but they're just trying to test to see how you feel about that (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's also saying here that Gemini Lilith and Gemini is good at uncovering the real intentions of people they can tend to have obsessive thoughts you have a very active mind and you may have a dark sense of humor (laughs) oh (laughs) it says here that i um lilith can find an outlet in writing and journaling which is so me wow i love that i love that it shows like the the pros of that energy because yeah for sure the like i i have such a hard time explaining darkness it's not evil or anything like that it's just our subconscious nature Mm mm-hmm that would That's be really beautiful. fun. That would be a really fun um, topic for another episode. <laughs> yeah. The subconscious. That's my fucking real man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what I definitely want to leave the people with. This is an ongoing study. Like we could tell Absolutely. you all these points, but there's no telling how all of this information presents due to the whole nature versus nurture where like your environment and how you grew up plays such important role in all of this. Absolutely. But yeah, this was really nice. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, yeah. Thank you for coming on the show again. We'll we'll definitely have to plan more. I just feel like every time I mean, every time I talk to you, honestly, I learn something. And then I'm just like sitting with that for weeks. <laughs> I love um, that. And so with like the episodes and stuff, with having you as a guest, I feel like I don't know, I get to just kind of like introduce you to my my listeners and they learn things as well. So and I mean, I've already had really good feedback from 
last week's episode so thank you so much for being on this week's episode and thank you for having me we'll definitely have you again but to all my listeners thank you so much for listening and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend Mm -hmm.